Welcome back to the podcast, Real Raw and Flawed, with your host, Michael Pinky. Have my sister back as a guest this week, as promised. Amber, say hello. Hello, everyone. How are you today? Good, good. So, um, we, we were just, this wasn't planned. We were just on a call and just chatting, and you brought up something that I wanted to, I wanted to get on for the listeners, because I think it's important to hear, and um, talking about we were talking about our relationships and mine in particular, but the role of men in history and, you know, moving forward as well. So just recap a little bit what you were just kind of explaining to me about uh, your book idea and, and, and kind of what, what it means. So I just feel like I've been having a lot of conversations, both with myself, with you, with, with women and, and men and, and friends and clients all over um, for for quite a while now and a subject that kind of continues to come up for me is um, that what's needed right now and I, I think that I'd like to write you know my second book <laughs> even though I'm concurrently writing my first uh, memoir but what's been what's been on my mind has been a letter to men and um, you know I think that there's a discussion that's really not being had because we've fast forwarded through history where like from our childhood kids that were born in the 70s and 80s and whatnot you know we knew our great grandparents a lot of them were post-depression era war era um you know trades people all kinds of things and and they they did things a certain way and very christian american paradigms and you know, things were expected and sacrifices were expected and conversations about what was going on behind closed doors weren't really being had publicly and all these different things. So all of a sudden, fast forward, and now we're in, you know, literally 2020, which is a place that in third grade, we couldn't have predicted where we would be when we were trying to figure out, like, gosh, how old would we be in 2020 and this and that. And so here we are in this new reality, right? And we thought there was flying cars. For sure, we for sure. It would be the Jetsons. For sure, yeah. by 2020, it'd be the Jetsons. Sure, and you know we're all, we're actually there. I mean, flying cars one, they do exist, and two, we are like video chatting and like making food in three minutes that you know used to take three hours. So yeah. we're we're kind of we're kind of almost there. But what hasn't really made the quantum leap yet, and I really think it's because there's not enough. You know, we've talked about the hundredth monkey on on other um, podcasts and conversations we've had where we haven't reached critical mass to make the quantum leap to really move our consciousness forward when it comes to the reality and sustainability. And when we talk about sustainability, we always kind of compare it to a garden, right? Like how hard is it to grow a garden with not too much food so that there's not waste, but enough food that even once the sun goes away and winter comes, we can feed our family for a whole year. And so I like to look at relationships like that too. Like what is sustainable, right? And so now here we are, 2020, and we're all these kind of like ageless immortals, right? Where we feel as though, gosh, our parents and and our parents' parents, they, they had already been raising kids for 10 or 20 years. A lot of people we even know have 20-year-olds at this point. Um, so those of us who 
have made it into our late 30s and 40s and you know maybe we don't have children yet maybe we haven't really found the one yet maybe we have continued to work towards self-actualization or financial success or health or whatever it is right for all these years as we're supposed to evolutionarily right Maslow's theory self-actualization we were supposed to kind of get to this level so a percentage of us have and yet we wake up and we're grinding and we're sending our message and we're practicing our peace and we're trying to educate the world and we're trying to repeat all the good things and do all the right things and you know every day is a new day and then just like we just talked about what kind of inspired this podcast today is we end up at the end of the day in this unbelievable silence of wow there's no family and there's no kids running around to put to bed and there's no partner there and there's nobody to plan dinner with or, or whatever it is. And maybe there is. And, you know, we, we've dated, we've been in and out of relationships and been married and all the things, right? And yet we still find ourselves kind of in this place. So I feel like we need to have a broader conversation, a public conversation about what does it take now? I mean, what I just said to you right before we got on this was, Okay, so when we talk about your friends that, you know, the couple that have been married 30 or 40 years and they're very successful, not only in their business, but in their relationship, what did it take for them to sustain that long? And why did they stand out? And why did their relationship last compared to others, you know? So let's and, let's let's break a little bit there on... on <clears throat> so when you first brought up a letter to men and, and the responsibility stuff, like what directly came to my mind was... With, with that example of one of my mentors, they're older, they're in their 60s, so when they came up, it was a different time and there was a different expectation of a man and a woman. That was widely acceptable. Uh, fast forward to today, and what really came up for me was the shift has been made. You know, a lot more women are coming into the workspace, getting uh, higher level jobs, really bossing it out and taking over their positions. It still has a long way to go as far as being straight up equal. But forget the job pool. I'm taking more of a psychology standpoint of even though women are becoming more, uh, I would say, in the workplace and like saying in their minds equally to the male of capability. As far and, as being and, able to be independent and, and all the, yeah, all the both. reasons. Yeah, both. All the reasons women once needed men protection survival right. but both be uh, single women just being bossed out and being okay with being alone take care of himself and also in a relationship um men being able to be like look women's a provider too or they are the provider of the house and then the man's home like those things are becoming more of a conversation and are a lot more acceptable but I think the psychology still hasn't been broken through and that's what I got from you know a letter to men is even though we see this happening and there is, you know, call it 50-50 or 60-40 of men accepting the women's roles of coming up and being equal, I think the psychology hasn't been broken yet where a man feels comfortable in his own skin, even if he verbally says it, that he doesn't have to push hard and be the responsible uh, caretaker or provider in any sense, uh, even if it's not financially. So I think, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm a more enlightened person where 
I do believe in that. Like, you know, I meet, I meet a woman and, and she's a boss and I, I kind of want that. I want that not from a, I don't need to take care of you standpoint because I still have that in my, my heart. Like I, I do want to take care of whoever's around me and meaning like, don't, you don't have to do anything. I can take care of it. But at the same token, I want to have enough respect for if you, if you put a person in that position, you might be closing them off to their own dreams and goals. And for men, I don't think we still have that full acceptance yet of we're not the ones responsible. And I think that's history, years and years, 100 years of men go to war, women stay home. Men fight the battles, women stay home, right? Take care of the kids. Men go out and work their asses off financially for the household. Women stay at home and do that. So it's, it makes sense from a psychology standpoint. It's hundreds of years. It's the world's history. But today, right. I think it's still a struggle of, of a man saying, uh, I have a vulnerable side. I have a soft side. I, I am just as emotional as maybe my wife. And that's okay. Right. And, and also that, you know, it's okay to, to need someone and to love someone and to allow someone to love you and to admit that it's important. You know, and it's a part that's missing when you find yourself at work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, that even though you, in your mind, are saying, this is my love language, because I want to give everything I can to my future potential of my relationship, my family, this empire I'm building, my home, my children's legacy, whatever it is. Right. But it's not actually translating. Um I had a psychologist say to a young woman in my life recently when she was discussing, you know, why why does my dad need to have an, a relationship or an adult relationship? He's got me. Why can't I be enough and this and that, which I think is a very common psychological, um, biological need of children to think that they're enough for their parents and therefore their parents don't need anything else other than right. to you know, prioritize and raise their children. However, you know, the psychologist laughed and she's been doing this. She's probably in her seventies and um, very sought out and very highly respected. She, she laughed and she just said, honey, she said, you know, I hear women come in and out all the time, both as peers and as clients and as family and friends and say to me, you know, I, I can do anything now. I can do anything. I can pay my own bills. I can have my own house. I can have a job. I can work out. I can pay my own way. I can go on vacations. There's nothing I can't do. And I'm a warrior. And women have found themselves in that way. But she hasn't met a man yet that has said, I don't need a woman to take care of me and love me. And, but yet men aren't really able to still verbalize that even in 2020 with all this time and evolution and, and where we've come. And so, again, what brought us to this conversation was, you know, you said about your mentors, the couple there, I said, you know, what, in relation to your life, what was the choice for them? What was the thing that separated them from the rest that... You know, they were able to make the leap from the grind and the traditional type of marriage that we just talked about to one that is now more sustainable and equal and, and really feeding both of them, not just financially and stability wise, but emotionally. Yeah. And I think and, I think for them, I think for them, 
one, they're two unique human beings. It always takes, it always takes, in my opinion, two people that are unique and share something, right? To last that long. I mean, there's no doubt. I think part of it is the time frame in which they grew up because it was more acceptable for that to be a situation, right? Like he's out doing his thing. She's doing the family thing. We're doing it together. We're working for the bigger picture. A little more acceptable, a little more normal. I think fast forward to today, yeah, we've changed where the women and men's roles are a little bit more equal and it's not so weird to hear that your 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 buddy, his wife is the sugar mama and he's home taking care of the kids. It's not weird to hear today. What I, I do think is a little strained is the fact that um, we live in a, a society now where everything's like now, now, now. Like I want to see it now, I want to hear it now, I want to feel it now, I want to be now, I want to be rich now, I want to be instant, right? Because everything is so instant, like you said, everything's quicker now. And I think that's hurting some of the old uh, thought process of, look, you got to play the long tail. You really do. Like you got to play out what this does, what this is now for what it could be in 20 years. Not, oh my God, I don't like this right now. I'm out. And keep searching for something that you won't even put enough time in to know if it's good or not. So I think we're in this weird area in that. But but back to your like the title of you know a letter to the man. I think the emotional thing coming out for me is men aren't still okay with being vulnerable. They think it's a weakness to being open to being emotional. They think all those things, kindness and all the things that were usually associated to a woman, men aren't comfortable still doing. And it's like an embarrassment. Their buddies razz them or some, you know, somebody gives them shit. And what I've learned today is those things, those particular things are actually strengths in my life. Like uh, way beyond any weakness. So that that's what I'm, I really heard when you said uh, the letter of the men thing. So that's why I wanted to get it on podcast quick. Well, and so the... The second part to that is this, and and this is the reality that I think I'm living in, and a lot of the people that I'm talking to of our generation now at this point is this. So how do we find the place where, look, I can, I of anyone who really puts the time and effort into understanding people, where they're coming from, what they value, if what they value in me, what they value in what we both bring to a relationship, things like that, I, I can understand those things. And so I'm willing to, like you said about your mentor, a couple of friends, you said that the first 13 years, you know, she wasn't part of the business he was building, but she was on the team. And that really resonated deep with me because like I'm on the team. When I decide that I am going to back you, whether it's because you're, you're my lover or my friend or my family or my client or my next business partner, if I make my heart's decision to back you, I am on the team and I am a hundred percent team player and I am a hundred percent in. And although I can completely and totally trust me, not everybody can trust that. And sometimes it's the slow reveal. And so other people have to learn to trust that, you know, we're all in and, and that we are willing to put the work in so that if, look, if right now in your life and your grind and what you're trying to build, whether you're the man or the woman, I am willing 
to do all the backup and all the support and everything else that it takes while you are doing that, even if that means you have to work 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. However, however, the reality of my emotional health and my reality is that I also need you to acknowledge I don't, and I think that many women feel this way, I don't need a relationship, I want one. And so I don't need you to fulfill me. If this doesn't work, I'll be fine. I don't want to be fine, and I don't want it to not work. However, I need you as my partner, man or woman, to acknowledge that emotionally, I'm only in this because I actually want to be a part of your life. And so the shift where we're at now is this. Yeah. It can't just be it can't just be the cut and dry that you can plainly tell me, look, this is what it takes. I gotta do this. I'm sorry I can't be home again for dinner, or I'm sorry we can't go on a date, or I'm sorry we can't yeah. take a vacation, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, or I'm gonna fall asleep before we make love, or I, I, I have to I have to have a couple of drinks just to get my day off me every day and so I can't even emotionally be available to you for the first three hours I'm home and then it's almost time to go to bed look I I can understand and I can conceptualize all those things but I think at this point in our lives um, as emotional beings and at the consciousness level that we are getting to we have to both be able to say look I can be totally on board and I am a team player but I also really need you to be here for me emotionally and if that's just you calling me 10 times a day or sending me love notes or leaving me a letter in the morning or telling me how beautiful I am or how sexy or really making an effort at least once or twice a week to I don't care if the date is with the candles and takeout at the table or if it's a grand gesture but I need to know that you know and value that I am your team member and how much you love me and how much you are really, really, really supporting and loving us emotionally, even if physically we can't always be in the same room. Well, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think a deeper, a deeper root to that and a, a more glaring thing to me is I think men more than women, but men and women, but let's go from my side. I think men need to invest a little more time in understanding the point of view and and coming from where women have come from. That'll, that'll allow you to be in a relationship with a woman and fully understand, right? You hear a lot of things today where guys are like, oh, oh yeah, happy, ha- happy wife, happy life. You got to keep her happy. Otherwise, it's shitty. And always, there's a lot of these comments out like, oh, you know, women get crazy once a month. And there's a lot of those that have been forever, right? Guys use these. We talk about them and joke about them. But really, if you don't understand the other person in the relationship, especially if it's the opposite sex, not just them personally, their sex, right? right? The whole fucking culture, the whole, if you don't understand that, you don't invest enough time to even understand what that might be like like that once a month, what that might be like going through, how could you possibly be a good support to the fullest for that person? And I think I think what's the most important is, when it comes down to it, is if we invest more in time in the opposite sex as a race, I think your relationships become healthier. It's not about just like, hey, can I get you roses and call you nine times? And, and those are all great. And those everybody should do that. 
I'm just saying men and women, probably more men though because we've lived in control for longer. Um, but I think both sides need need that skill, and that's a, a massive thing. So. And and so what that boils down to is, listen, I don't I don't care a thing about roses. Um, you could you know bring me home peacock feathers, and I'm going to be elated. Any any tiny gesture that shows me that you love me, you don't need to tell me you love me. But anything that I can see that reflects how much you love me back shows me that you value that as much as you value how hard you're working for us or for you or for our family. I need you to know that every single move I make all day long is to show you how much I value us and right. our future and, and you. And and if you don't understand that everything that I'm doing is of equal value to what you're doing, something is being lost and that's why relationships right. break down because you end up feeling alone. But I think and the gesture has nobody, to... the, the gesture wants to feel alone inside of a relationship. Right. And I, I believe the gesture itself has to match your understanding of that human being. So a lot of people, a lot, let's we'll call it a high percentage, do the things on holidays and, and, and Valentine's Day and all those things. And, and when your wife's upset, you bring her roses. It's, a, it's these patterns. It's a thing. It's, it's, history has explained it as the forgiveness. I'm saying like, I'm saying like maybe, maybe you need to understand why your husband comes home and wants to have one beer to unsettle his day before he's ready to be emotionally involved um so that you can tune into that as gestures or understand that you know what maybe your wife doesn't like fucking roses you ever thought about that maybe it's not her favorite thing maybe going out and and quail feathers is her thing like I, you know what i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter the point is if you understand the opposite really well you don't have to do generic gestures which are relationship ones that are told to us right. It can become much deeper than that, and I think, uh, I think one, I was talking as a man, I think that the guy side of it has a lot more to come to the middle than the women, because we're we're historically unemotional. We're historically, we we're trained that way. Like, hey, rub it off, man. You get punched in the face, rub some dirt on it, like, or beat him up, or. But if your if your daughter came home and said, I almost got in a fight in school, you'd be like, oh my god, no way, no, 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 she can't get in a fight. So it's it's been instilled in us for forever right so i think guys have a lot more way way to come to the middle and meet but i think the more we can be emotional and open and vulnerable that becomes a strength in the long run the whole collective of of your career your life and the journey if you can be vulnerable your relationship gets better your business gets better you become stronger not weaker and you don't have to take on as much you know, I think the history of uh, of men is like, hey, stay silent, take it on. You're a man. You don't need to talk it out. Like it's your responsibility. You take it all on. But if you have the right partner, woman, and you know, a lot of this, obviously, we're talking from our perspectives, and we're both heterosexual human beings. So, you know, of course, this span this is for anybody in any kind of relationship, whether it's same sex, heterosexual, whatever. Of course, we're, we're just talking. We're just speaking from our own perspective today, because you're a man, I'm a woman, and we're talking about our love for men and women. Um, but we're talking about relationships in general, and and again, that could be family, this and that. Today, we are talking about our intimate relationships that you know are our, our personal um 
relationships and things. So just some, I just wanted to make that let's, clear to the listeners for sure that we're we're not being insensitive or yeah, trying yeah, to gear yeah. this any one way. But no, I I am no, I am I'm I'm well, okay. I, no, I am because my book that I've been writing for ten years has been about the secrets of the mail, and we've talked about this in last time I was home, but. This is stuff. This is, oh my God. If you would this is stuff I'm going to get in trouble. I could understand so much more about men if you would just tell me all the secrets. <laughs> right, but to the point of this podcast, like me putting that out is another like I have to be fully ready uh, and vulnerable and and in a space where like I I can't be judged by anybody in my own skin because what I want to say, what I have to say in this book is is almost a betrayal to men right like yeah, it's portrayal to our society of manlyhood so the, the, anyway the point is I love it it needs to be written so yeah. badly the point is I think let's uh, let's wrap this up with one I think you should write that right away I think you should start verbalizing putting it down because I think it's a, a vulnerable spot that people not necessarily ready to listen to but the ones that will will have extreme success with it and it'll help so the letter to the mail because um, it's it's a thank you letter and it's a open your eyes letter, um, yep. and then yes, and, and, and then, a where we're at letter, like a, a yeah. realistic view of like where are we, even though yeah. this is where we've come from. And let's pick this. Let's pick up the next podcast. Let's go through uh, emotional resilience. I think that'd be a good part two of this, um, and, and 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 try to talk about emotional resilience from both sides of the the story as well. So the from the male and female's point of view. So. Uh, this was a great one. I'm glad we, you know, this is what happens sometimes. We're on the phone, and I said, let's fire this up because I, I don't want to lose the moment. I think that's important. So I appreciate uh, it so much. And, and by us working through, you know, our own vulnerability and being able to be even vulnerable to each other as siblings, yeah. um, you know, I think it really gives way for a lot of these conversations to be had across the table. And, that and that's really always, always the intention. Well, as always, I, I super appreciate you coming on, spending the time. Um, we, like I said, we should part to this and get a little deeper in emotional resilience and as it forms of relationships. But for this week, that's what we got for you. Hope you love to listen. It's on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Download it. Listen to it. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. It helps us understand who we're helping, if we're not helping, if it's shit, if it's good. All good and bad are good. All right, so we need to hear from you. Uh, rate it. One star, awesome. Five stars, better. Either way, we appreciate your support and you listening. And I hope, uh, I hope this helps at least one person. Thank yeah. you, Amber. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, you know, all the men out there doing the work. And uh, we're going to get there. All right, love you. Appreciate you. Till next time.